If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Good morning and welcome from Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. This is the second Sunday of Easter, and for us, It is also the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon Run to Remember, which brings together runners and spectators from around the world to honor those who were killed, those who survived, and those who were changed forever in the 1995 Murrah Building bombing. Today, instead of gathering in person, we are gathering along the race route to be with our wider community on this day that holds such deep meaning for so many of us, while also gathering online for worship and community. Before we begin, please make note of several announcements. Church t-shirts can still be purchased online and picked up at the church. Contact the church office if you need assistance. We are again partnering with Temple B'nai Israel to offer Straight Talk, a program designed to teach our fifth and sixth graders and their adults, how to have meaningful and sincere conversations about human sexuality and sexual health. The class meets from 6 to 8 p.m. on the first four Mondays in May at at the Temple. You can register using the link in the bulletin or you can find it on our website. Rebuilding Together is May 7th, just a few days away. You can sign up and get the details using the link in the bulletin or on our website, or you can always contact the church office. Now, let us begin with our call to worship. Today, we remember that Easter is not just one day, but a whole season. Today, we tell what happened next even though the ending has not been written. Today, we bring our our uncertainty, our doubt, our worry, and our joy, trusting that God can use it all. This is the day when love takes our hand so we can walk together. Let us be on our way. While we may be separated by distance, we still enact the ancient practice of passing the peace of Christ to one another, which you can do in the chat box or by reaching out to someone later in the week. 
May the peace of Christ be with you, friends. Beloveds, the pastoral prayer this morning is an invitation to spend the next 168 seconds, one for each life taken in the Murrah building bombing, in silence. Let all that is worth remembering cling relentlessly to our hearts. May we learn from this day that the world is too small for anything but love. We pray in the name of love itself. Amen. I am delighted to introduce our guest preacher this morning, who is a dear friend and colleague. The Reverend Heidi Carrington Heath is an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. She holds a BA from William Smith College. She has a Master's of Divinity from Andover Newton with a certificate in spiritual care and counseling. 
Heidi also holds a professional diploma in leading spiritual diversity in higher education from NYU. Heidi is a public theologian and teller of hard truths, someone who holds pain and joy with the same breath. She serves as the executive director of the New Hampshire Council of Churches. Heidi is also a spiritual director, writer, preacher, speaker, and activist. Her other hats include proud queer femme, the wife of Reverend Dr. Emily C. Heath, and a slightly codependent cat mama. Affectionately known as the Facebook chaplain, Heidi is the curator of online community at Notes from the Chaplain. You can also connect with her on Instagram at RevFim, and she's still figuring out TikTok. Same, Heidi. You can also follow her writing at RevFim.medium.com. We are so glad to learn from you today, Heidi. Thank you for being with us. Our scripture lesson comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side... I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through believing you may have life in his name. Here ends the reading from our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. Beloved of God, at Mayflower Congregational Church UCC, grace and peace to you this morning. What a joy to join you for worship from here in the Northeast. I am the Reverend Heidi Carrington Heath, serving as your guest preacher this morning. I serve here in New Hampshire as the Executive Director of the New Hampshire Council of Churches, and it is a particular honor to step into the pulpit today of my friend, the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Church, you are in good hands indeed with your pastor. Thank you to Lori for the invitation to spend time with you this morning. Church, will you pray with me, please? 
O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was a Monday morning in 2013. The sky at my house in Vermont was the kind of bright blue that almost looks like it isn't real. The sun was so bright that I didn't make it out of my driveway before I realized that I had left my sunglasses at home. I went back to get them. I drove to work expecting it to be a good, if average, day. It was Marathon Monday in Boston. For those of you who perhaps have lived in the Boston area or even run the Boston Marathon, you know what it's like. It's practically a high holy day for the city. I was sad to be away for the first time in a number of years. While I used to mumble and moan about how the traffic on Patriot's Day clogged up my commute, I not so secretly love the Boston Marathon. I love what it stands for, determination, dedication, resilience, perseverance of the human spirit, and much more. It so happens that the congregation where I was ordained to ministry and married my beloved, Old South Church in Boston, sits on the finish line of the Boston Marathon. It is lovingly known during Marathon Weekend as the Church of the Finish Line. 364 days out of the year, the finish line of the Boston Marathon isn't anything particularly special. But one day a year, one day, it means something else. It is the place where spirit triumphs over pain. It is the culmination of months, if not years, of training. It is the destination which everyone who attempts to run 26.2 miles looks ahead to. And for Bostonians, it's an icon. This particular year, I spent the day at work wistfully wishing I was spending my sunny afternoon on Boylston Street watching runners cross the finish line and laughing with my friends. At around 3 p.m., my phone buzzed. It was a text message from my best friend that read like this. Hi, you are going to hear there was a bomb at the finish line of the marathon. I'm okay. I wanted you to hear before the news broke. I'm not sure when I'll be able to text again. I love you. Please don't worry. I read the message over and over and over again, almost unable to process it. Bomb, finish line, marathon, don't worry, it couldn't be. And yet, of course, we know now that it was. Two bombs had exploded on and near the finish line of the Boston Marathon. An attempt to forever change this place of joy, of celebration, of love and solidarity into a place of pain and despair. Only 72 hours after the bombs exploded, I had to climb into a pulpit at Old South's first public service after the marathon bombings and attempt to find something to say, something to say to a congregation and a city that had literally been shell-shocked. We met for worship at a neighboring church because for several days, Old South would remain barricaded behind a yellow caution tape 
as part of an FBI crime scene. The portico of the church bears the inscription, Behold, I set before thee an open door. Those doors now slammed shut. I wondered what I would say to these people, these people who are gathering for a word of hope. I wondered, will I ever feel normal again? Will I ever be able to articulate this experience in a way people can understand it? I grasp for a word of hope to bring my people. And of course, no words are really sufficient at all. Pain, despair, displacement, hope. These are themes that live in our bones as Christians. These are themes that are part of the DNA of congregations, like Old South Church in Boston and Mayflower UCC in Oklahoma City. This week, we run the Boston Marathon again, arisen anew after COVID, and never the same after the bombing. Y'all run the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon run. Groups of you gathered even now around the race route to cheer one another on in memory of your day, the day that changed everything, the day that lives were lost. I couldn't help but think of these stories, our stories, as I read this week's text. We just finished up Easter Sunday, dazzling, glorious, full of praise and certainty. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. And now, now it's the week after. The week where things are messy and murky and suddenly for a lot of us feel less clear again. The world is still coming apart at the seams. Women and pregnant people cannot access the health care that they need in Oklahoma and states across the country. In New Hampshire, where I live, there are deep and real attempts to silence teachers and dismantle public education. People are still dying of COVID, and while flashy one-time resurrection is nice, some of us are wondering what the heck. The memories of finish line explosions and federal buildings crumbling are still too tender, too close, and the things that led to them still swirling in our world. And so we arrive at Thomas. Thomas, who sometimes gets cajoled for his doubt and his curiosity so soon after stories of the risen Christ. Many of y'all know this, Thomas gets a little poked fun of in our history for his doubt. Never mind that the week before, the women had said they had seen Jesus and every single man they encountered had doubts that their stories were real. Thomas, he's just an equal opportunity doubter in that regard. A whole week after his friends saw Jesus, he's kind of feeling left out. The thing I really love about Thomas is that he's asking, pleading for an encounter a tangible one with the risen Christ. Okay, Jesus, if you are real at all, let's do this. He is doing it in public and out loud. He is putting it all on the line in front of everyone he knows. He is reminding us that resurrection 
is real, but it is hard, and believing that it is more than a flash in the pan is challenging. We want to hope for more, but it's scary. It is scary to hope. My colleague, the Reverend Debbie Thomas, says it this way. She writes, Thomas's story reminds me that resurrection is hard. It was hard from the get-go, and it is still hard now. Hard to accept, hard to internalize, hard to apply to our lives, especially when our lives are masked by pain, loss, uncertainty, and death. If nothing else, Thomas reassures me that faith doesn't have to be straightforward. The business of accepting the resurrection, of living it out, of sharing it with the whole world is tough. It's okay to waver. It's okay to take our time. And it's okay to hope for more. Y'all are a good church to talk about Thomas with Mayflower because you know something about leading the work of mending the world and making resurrection more than a one-time story, making space for speaking our doubts out loud. You know about a gospel witness that is long and enduring and that isn't afraid to get into the messiness with Jesus. You too have invited the world to come close and to bear witness firsthand to the whole in Jesus' side, and said, when the world serves up its very worst, we will offer a real encounter with the risen Christ. Do you know how I know? Because in those early days, after bombs ripped apart our marathon banners and clouded Old South Church in smoke, we had no idea where we were going. We desperately needed a physical sign, a real encounter with the risen one. Along came Mayflower, UCC. You sent a banner with words of hope and words of endurance for a weary, weary church. You reminded us that others had walked the path that we were walking right now, this path of devastation, and that new life would come after the crime scene tape. You showed up in banner form and said, put your hands right here. Look at these scars. Jesus is real. This death will not have the last word. And resurrection is yours too. However murky it seems right now. You, like Jesus did for Thomas, opened a way for us through your own scars and your own trauma. And you told us we could take our time. The work of resurrection is more than a flash in the pan. And sometimes... It is tenderly, tenderly slow. You reminded us that there would be a week after, and a week after that, and a week after that, and a week after that. The world needs that witness now more than it ever has before. So don't make me preach it alone, church. In a time of such little certainty, we need church that knows how to practice, how to make space for weary skeptics, exhausted activists, those who need more time for resurrection to be real. Space where we don't have to check our scars and our trauma at the door, and who isn't afraid to ask hard questions in public, especially in front of their friends. There is so much in the world that feels murky right now, but you, you know how to lead 
even when you are not fully sure where you are going, Mayflower. Thomas and Jesus give you a reminder, a renewed reminder of how. Keep showing up. Women and birthing people in Oklahoma are counting on you. Keep offering chances for a real and tender encounter with our newly resurrected Jesus. LGBTQ plus youth are counting on you. Keep persisting and inviting people again and again and again, no matter how long they may need to know that this story is real and this story is theirs too. Wounded souls that seek after Jesus need your care and your patience. Keep practicing resurrection. Lives are at stake. May you run and not grow weary. May you walk and not faint. May you continue to lead even when you are unsure. May you allow for all those who you encounter and who encounter you to know God and the promise of the resurrection on their own time. And if you forget, Thomas will remind you how. Amen. Beloved of God, as you go today, may you go knowing that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. And the blessing of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer go with you this and every day. And let all God's people say, Amen. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Rev. Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.